FM. NBC News Radio, I'm Brian Shook. The CEO of Pfizer is saying a fourth COVID vaccine dose may be needed sooner than expected to fight the Omicron variant. CEO Albert Burla told CNBC real-world data was needed to know how well boosters protect against the variant and for how long. Burla originally expected a fourth dose would be needed after 12 months, but he's now saying it might be sooner than that. The man who runs Instagram is insisting social media can be a positive force in the lives of young people. Our platform is a place where they can spend time with the people that they care about, where they can start incredible movements, where they can find new interests, where they can even turn a passion into a business. CEO Adam Mosseri testified in a Senate hearing today. Jurors in former Empire star Jussie Smollett's case are done deliberating for the day. A judge dismissed them shortly after 5 p.m. in Chicago. I'm Brian Shook. Attention Medicare recipients and anyone turning 65. Medicare has approved new benefits not included with original Medicare and older Medicare Advantage plans. You may not be getting all of the benefits you're entitled to, including in-home aids, telephone appointments with your doctors, home-delivered meals and prescriptions. These benefits may be available and it's a free call to enroll. The new plans may also offer free eyeglasses, free hearing aids, free wellness visits, and gym memberships. Call the Medicare benefits line now. It's easy. Call 800-518-2281. 800-518-2281. Find out if you're eligible for new benefits like meal and prescription delivery, in-home aids, and telemedicine. Some plans may have a $0 monthly premium or zero copays for big out-of-pocket savings. Not all Medicare Advantage plans are alike. The new plans have more benefits for many people. Call 800-518-2281. 800-518-2281. 800-518-2281. For several years, KCAA has been marketing the Longevity brand of nutritional and personal care products. Our experience with Longevity has been 100% positive, so we are pleased to recommend them to you. Regarding nutritional supplements, we recommend Pollen Burst in the berry flavor and Tangy Tangerine 2.0 in the tablet form. For regularity issues, we recommend 3-Day Cleanse, and for personal care, we recommend Morning Hydration Cream. You can shop online for Longevity at www.kcaateam.com, or you can order by phone by calling 800-982-3197 and tell customer support that you are part of the KCAA team. Longevity is an American company based in San Diego. Call Longevity at 800-982-3197 and ask about monthly auto ship that allows you to buy Longevity products at wholesale prices. That number again, 800-982-3197. During the holidays, remember to honor our troops and veterans. Our sponsor, Premier Homes, is family-owned, serving the Inland Empire for over 25 years. Premier Homes will get you listed fast or put you in your dream home. If you're buying or selling real estate in the area, call 909-467-1500, 909-467-1500, or visit premierhomes1.com. Se habla espanol. Also, helping you secure the best loan and refinance a mortgage at a lower rate. Premier Homes, thanking our troops this holiday season. Art Winery reminds listeners that another holiday season is right around the corner, but for many, it may turn out to be a less than joyous one. Open your hearts to the less fortunate by dropping off a toy at one of the Toys for Joy drop-off points around town. This reminder from Hart Winery, serving the community since 1980. For one of Temecula Valley's oldest winery and wines of exceptional quality, call 951-676-6300 or visit hartfamilywinery.com. It's time to make the Tri-City Center in Redlands a regular part of your weekly shopping experience. Tri-City is home to a wide assortment of quality businesses, including the all-new Ocean Aquatics. Check out their variety of exotic tropical fish, along with fish food, accessories, and tanks of all shapes and sizes. The Tri-City Center is located just off of Alabama and the Tennessee exits in Redlands. Visit the Tri-City Center today and find out why it's called the Mall with a Heart. Welcome to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, created and hosted by Scott Knudsen, to explore the crossroads of horses and business. On today's show, Scott visits with Ada Gates Patton. Ada Gates Patton is a Hall of Fame farrier, long-life horsewoman, and official farrier for the Rose Parade. Now here's your host, Scott Knudsen. Hello and welcome to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. I'm your host, Scott Knudsen. 
Thank you so much for joining us today. Whether you're watching our podcast on one of our platforms or whether you're listening to us on the radio on KCAA, the NBC affiliate out in California, we want to welcome you and thank you again. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Ada Gates Patton. She's a lifelong horsewoman. She's a Hall of Fame farrier. She's a horseshoe inspector for the Rose Parade. Ada, thank you so much for being on the show. Hi, Scott. I love being with you and I'm honored to be with you. And it's always a pleasure. Thank you. Oh, it's so much fun. Last time I think you were on the show, we were in person out in California. So um, I, I tell your story to everyone I can. I, I love you to death. I love the story. It's so inspirational. And that's kind of why we started the show. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm so excited for the audience to get to, to see and hear you for sure. So, uh, so, so you grew up a debutante in New York. And, and you were an actress and a model, and then you went west. Yes. What happened? What happened? I, I, you know, I never knew what was going to happen in my life. I never knew. I never had a plan. Everything was sort of like an accident. But I'm sure I know it was a God-given accident because things just kept happening to me. And whatever challenge was coming up in front of me, I just said, oh, well, okay, then I guess I better have to do this and I have to do that. I didn't, um, I mean, of course, there were horrible struggles, you know, being an actress in New York and I was a dancer. I danced five and six hours a day in studios and I was very, very fit and I, and I, I, I was very fit. I had a lot of mu leg muscles. And then later, which is a long story later, when I became a horseshoer, all those dance muscles held me in good stead. Isn't that cool? It all yeah. circled back. It, yes, it, it does. Circled back. Yeah. So, so how did you choose to go from act, being an actress and a model to being a horseshoer? A girlfriend and I said, well, why don't we go on a car trip out west? I said, what? I've never been west of Hoboken. West? <laughs> <laughs> well, she came from Western Canada, so she knew the Western United States. So we borrowed my brother's car. Hi, Jonna, can I borrow your car for a year to go out west? <laughs> anyway, so we drive out west and the car breaks down in Vail, Colorado, which is a ski town. Mm -hmm. It was in the middle of the summer and it was beautiful and there were people hiking and having fun. And, and I said, wow, this is beautiful. I really like it here. I've never been in the Rockies. And so she said, well, I'm going to go home and be a, a, a um, stockbroker. I said, well, I think I'm just going to stay here. So I stayed in Vail, Colorado. The first thing I did was get a horse because as a child, I got a pony when I was four years old and I rode horses all my life. I went in horse shows. I fox hunted. I, I just always had a horse, always. Until then, the career in New York, I didn't have horses. So it was some years later that I'm landing in Colorado I'm in sort of my mid to, mid to late 20s. I think I'll get a horse. I live in the Rockies now. I live in the wild, woolly West. Got a horse, couldn't find a horseshoer. Saw an article about a horseshoeing school in Oklahoma. I said, well, listen, I'm just going to go and learn how to shoe a horse so I don't have this problem anymore. That was all I thought about. Go to the school. The teacher says what a good job it is to be a horseshoer. Now there's me and 49 guys. Now, what person is going to hire a woman to shoe the horse? So I said, well, it's not, never going to happen to me. But I go back to Colorado, but I go to a kind of a horsey, ranchy part, like uh, on the western slope near Montrose, Colorado, a lot of ranches and, and mild winters. And I start shoeing horses in Colorado in, in Montrose. And my first jobs were from housewives. And they'd say, can you come and do my daughter's pony? I said, sure, I'll be there in a minute. Now the ranch owners, they didn't, the, the men ranch owners, and eh, they didn't hire me. Mm. But eventually they did because they were desperate because a lot of times a horse just, it wouldn't show up or they didn't have the equipment or whatever. I, I was trained. You know, I could make hot shoes and hot shoe in the fire. I was a trained person. So I had a career in Colorado for six or seven years. And then I thought, you know, I really love doing this. 
I mean, I'm outside, I'm with horses, uh, I have a physical life, I'm meeting people. It just clicked off all the buttons, you know, it just, it was wonderful. So I said, well, I want to go where I can get better. I want to apprentice and, and go with right. really big guys and shoe in the big time. Well, I went back east. That, that was a disaster. Mm -mm -mm. The culture back east in the late 70s was, get out of here, girly. You're not riding in my truck. So my girlfriend said, why don't you come to California? I said, California? That's a nice place to live if you're an orange. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you're in New York's New Yorkers are very big snobs about California. Right. They don't think anybody out here thinks. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Anyway, I come to California. Completely different culture. Now, the horseshoes didn't embrace me, but they didn't kick me out. I was kicked out on the East Coast. And I meet the great Harry Patton, who is the head of the union for all the racetracks on the Western United States. Wow. He's like the big guy. So I knew about him long before I went to California, but I went to meet him and I said, would you help me? And he said, sure. The only man that ever said yes to me. Every other man has said, take a hike. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> So I met Harry Patton and he trained me to be a racetrack horseshoer. And I had a career because of Harry. I had a career beyond my wildest dreams. And 11 years later, I married the great man. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's such a great story. Thank you. Such a great story. Yes. So, so how did you become the horseshoe inspector for probably one of the most famous parades there is the, the, the Rose Parade. Because I grew up watching it. I loved it. So how did that happen? Well, the funny thing is, I worked for this wonderful woman called Linda Klausner. And she had in her backyard in La Cunada, Flintridge, which is just like up near JPL. It's just in the foothills of the Sierra Madre Mountains. And she had these little Shetland ponies. And she gave pony ride lessons. And I was her horseshoer. Well, the only way to handle a Shetland pony is you sit on the ground and you put your legs under the pony's tummy and then you put the foot on your lap and you just rasp it. So there I am for years and years rasping Shetland pony feet for Mrs. Klausner. Well, unbeknownst to me, she became the equestrian chair for the Rose Parade. So I'm up there, this is years later. She says, Ada, we have a problem at the Rose Parade. People are not putting traction devices on their shoes. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to do it. We don't know what to tell them. And the horses are slipping and falling down. We need an inspector. It's gonna be you. What? Wow. <laughs> so because of Mrs. Klausner and because of trimming the Shetland ponies, I became the horseshoe inspector for the Rose Parade. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So um, I, I, I love Mrs. I just one of my best friends forever. Anyway, so I hope she doesn't mind my mentioning her name, but she's a, a, an sure she honorable, will. wonderful woman. So I had to create I had to create the job. There was no job there. So wow. I, I created all the specifications the issue of horses going on the pavement in the Rose Parade is that they will slip on the pavement. So how do you prevent that? We don't want horses slipping and falling down. They're like a hog on ice. They can't get up because every time they put their feet down, they, they, they slip again. Sure, sure. So I created a whole list of things where you can do this. You can't do that. You can put these things in. You can use this. You can drill in. You know, I just gave them, you know, rubber shoes, whatever. And I made this long list. And then a um, couple of months before the parade, they always have a big equine meeting. Right. And they get all the specifications of what's expected of them for the parade, not just their feet, but other things. So that's how it started. And I, you know what, Scott? I don't know. I think it's, I think I've been doing this for 20 years, 25 Isn't years. Isn't that amazing? I don't remember. Isn't that I don't awesome? remember when I started. Isn't that so awesome? Well, I love the fact that that everything you were challenged with, whether it was on the track or doing this or even that pony, you, you excelled at. 
and everything leads to another. And, and that's the entrepreneurial mindset. So Scott will be right back with more from Ada Gates Patent. Hi, I'm Scott Knutson, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Today, we're going to talk about something I'm really passionate about. Those that know me know I love my coffee. Those that don't, now you know I do. And we've been working on this for several months, and we, we wanted to get it just right. And we don't put our name on anything unless we feel 100% certain it's, it's the best product we can get. And uh, we, we've done it. I really believe we've done it. We've created a coffee line, 13 great flavors. I'm going to show you three of them. We have K-Cups in all 13 flavors. Here's a Jamaican Me Crazy. It's a, just a really great coffee. Everyone has great logos. It has a brand, the same brand that's on our horses, our trailers. You know that brand means something and we wouldn't put it on here if it wasn't good coffee. We have whole bean. This is a great Honduran blend and uh, it's a whole bean coffee. We have whole bean in all 13 flavors. And then we have a ground coffee. Uh, this is a really great one. My wife and I really like this a lot, loved it. So we named it after our daughter, Hayes Glenn. Everyone has the packaging and the logo of the show, our brand, and I hope you like it. I, I really believe you will. And we're gonna have more flavors coming out soon. We're gonna have the pumpkin spices and then we're gonna go to peppermint after that. And please send us your suggestions as well. You can find it at cowboyentrepreneur.shop. Think coffee shop, cowboyentrepreneur.shop. Thank you so much. So I, I guess the first question is, is you started with a goal and you achieved it, but do you think all the things working on the ponies and, and, and being told no in the East Coast helped you prepare to take over this opportunity at the Rose Parade? I think everything we do brings us to who and where we are. Right. I, I, 100%. And it doesn't matter whether I got a part in a play or I was rejected. It's still the same challenge, the same whatever. And you just learn to deal with it and to go through it, go around it, go someplace else, find a new direction. And um, the difference between being an actress and being a horseshoer is I wanted to be an actress, uh, an actor for all the wrong reasons. I wanted fame, approval. I wanted people applauding me. I wanted the money. I wanted to be a celebrity. No, I didn't have the drive to be Meryl Streep. Right. So all the failures just made me quit because I didn't have the drive. But when I became a horseshoer and things kind of evolved, you know, you start out with your own horse and you do the neighbor's horse and then blah, blah, blah. And then you hit the big time. You go to Santa Anita, Hollywood Park in Del Mar. Hello. And you're in like with the top, top horses in the world. Uh, you know, you get there because you have the drive to be good. Right. I wanted to be the servant to the horse. Awesome. And I always was the servant to the horse. It was never about me. Oh, yes, of course, it was about me. Everybody has an ego, but it was always about the horse. That's that's beautiful. And that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. That's why I'm in the industry. And, and that's what makes you so great. So. So. So, yeah, absolutely. So. So let's talk. Um, the, the reason we once again, the reason we started this show is for inspirational, which you, you just nailed that. But education. So let's go back to the basics. So when you talk about rasping a hoof, you were rasping those those ponies. What can you explain to somebody that maybe doesn't know? Maybe they they watch the rose parade and they're like, "What does it mean to rasp a horse's hoof?" Sweet, yeah. Well, horses' feet grow just like your fingernail grows. Mm -hmm. Horses' feet are really hard hair, just like the horn of a rhinoceros is hard hair, and so it's. Um, It has an outer casing that's hard, but then as you go deeper inside the hoof, the hoof now changes to cartilage and uh, changes to live tissue with nerves, blood, uh, cartilage, all those things that are live tissue inside the hoof. And so you, you can only trim a certain amount before you start getting in to do deep, it would be as if I was, I cut your fingernail too, sh too short right. and it was hurt. Right. The difference between 
us and them is that the horse is standing on it. So, gotcha. So rasping the foot is simply filing down his hoof, just the way I would go and have my fingernails filed, or I would do them myself. Perfect. But you That's have a professional do it because they know how they know how to trim and and how deep to trim. Absolutely. That's great. That's great. So so as far as with the rose parade, you were talking about slipping a little bit on the asphalt. So does all the horses, you know, do you shoe them all the same or is there something special? Like if horses have shoes and don't, do you put something special on them so you don't slip? That's a very good question. Horses may go in the rose parade barefoot. They may go without shoes because the, uh, the texture of the shoe on the pavement is not as slippery as when you put a steel shoe on, then you've got this hard steel material sliding on the concrete. Right. So if they, if they wear shoes, they have to wear traction devices. And that could be tungsten carbide pins, tungsten carbide nails, tungsten carbide studs. All the horses in all the mounted police departments in every city in the United States have a, must, a, a, a tungsten carbide stud that's inserted, that you drill a hole in the shoe and then you insert this little pin in it and that locks in there. It's a rivet and that locks in there. And so when the horses go out on the street, they've got these little pins that are sticking down, grabbing the pavement. Very cool. It doesn't hurt the horse at all. Actually, it protects them. It makes it a little bit safer of a trip. Oh, you the health and safety of the rider and the horse is paramount for the parade. That's priority number one. Right. Yeah. That's why they need a professional like you, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, 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 it matters. It, it really does. And there's so much activity going on. And with the asphalt, it's just to have them secure is such a wonderful thing. So, so how do groups participate in the Rose Parade? If there's a group of people out here that have maybe a drill team or something, how would they participate? Well, getting into the Rose Parade is like, would you like to go to the Olympics? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, many apply, very few are accepted. Right. right. <laughs> I would say there's anywhere from 18 to 24 groups in the parade, and there's maybe 200 to 250 horses plus. And so various groups apply, and the judges that create the decisions who's going to go in, they look at everything. They look at all the different styles of horses, breeds of horses, functions of horses to give the world watching a wide, wide view of all the uh, range of the horse. Right. So you can have, you know, a Western group, you can have a drill team, you can have the little minis, you sure. can have carriage horses, uh, you, you can have lots and lots of different breeds that do different functions. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's tough. It's tough to get in, but you can get in. That's awesome. And, and the Rose Parade, like you said, a worldwide audience is such a great ambassador for the horse world and the horse community because they see them on such a, a, a big level and a big platform. So, so that's wonderful. So, so maybe a behind the scenes story of a group or a person in, in 20 years, what's something that sticks out to you? Maybe a, a memory of a horse or a group of horses that was kind of unique. Well, um, the Long Beach Mounted Police is a nonprofit organization. And they have been in the parade more times than any other group. And they first started going in the Rose Parade in 1947. Oh and, the, and the group is all Palominos, all pure silver saddles, and beautiful costumes with always the white hat. Right. And uh, one of the members of that group called me one day and it was about a month or two before the parade and she was like hyperventilating. I'm in the parade, I'm in the parade. <laughs> I can't get anybody to shoot my horse. I don't know what to do. I said, now just calm down. What's the problem? <laughs> my horse is terrified of horseshoers, terrified. And every time I have to get the horse done, he has to be tranquilized till he's almost falling down on the floor. Oh, no. I said, well, okay, calm down. We're going to take care of this. So I 
I have always trained with Monty Roberts, who's an excellent horseman. Mm -hmm. And I've trained in his principles, which is nonviolent training of horses. And many horses have been abused and they're remedial and they don't stand well, or they have issues or problems that like a normal gentle horse might not have. So I called up Monty's uh, join up school, got the head instructor who I knew I'd been training with her. I said, I said, um, Denise, can I use Monty's training halter on a horse that's scared? She said, absolutely. They, they want boundaries. They want to feel secure. So they, they want boundaries. So I take the, take the halter. I get a horseshoe that I know is very quiet and, and very professional. And we go down. And I go down early and I meet the horse. And I've got the little training halter. It's called a dually. And it's got a little band here on the top of the nose up high not where it would take the air away from his nostrils so I put the dually halter on and I want the horse to experience what is the principle of the halter why what are we doing here and and Monty said you know you're not punishing a horse you're just teaching him the consequence of his behavior if he has a negative behavior he gets a negative consequence if he's doing well and doing right he gets a positive consequence. So the point of the Dooley halter is if the horse is like walking over the top of you, just give them a little bump and it bumps the top of their nose and they say, oh, okay, I guess that's not working. So the, the positive consequence is the relief. He doesn't get bumped. In other words, if you always have the horse staying at your shoulder, he never gets a bump. They learn this in about four and a half milliseconds. So I wanted this horse to understand what was the dually and, and what was the purpose of it. So I walked him around, backed him up, very, very responsive horse. But he already knew what the results were gonna be of his behavior. So I get the horse sure. The horse is going looking like this. I don't think I like this. And, uh, the owner of the horse is back a ways. I told her to stay back because I didn't want the horse distracted. I just wanted the horse to look at me and the horseshoer. And I stepped quite a ways away from the horse. I'm not suffocating the horse. I'm not holding him tight. I'm not up in his face. Right. I step away from the horse and there's a smile in the rope. The rope is loose. He can turn his head any way he wants to. One wrong move, boom, he's going to get a bump. Okay. Okay, I'm waiting. This horse is so smart. I'm standing some distance away. There's a smile in the rope. The horseshoe is very quiet. He approaches and he starts shooing the horse. And the owner is some distance away and she's videotaping for 17 or 18 seconds her horse being done without a tranquilizer. Oh my goodness. So I emailed it to... Debbie Lukes, uh, Monty's daughter, because I just wonderful sort of, she'd lady. Like to know, or maybe to the join up school or whatever it was. They, and I said, this horse could never be done except but with Dooley's halter, he doesn't move. He's he's safe. He feels safe. It went on Facebook. It got 17,000 hits and 700 shares. That's wonderful. I've been doing this horse for almost, I don't, I've been doing this horse for like, I was, I was talking to the owner today, 15 years, 16 years. I've, I've had three different shoers with him because they, you know, they come and go and they're not available, whatever. And when I drive up to the barn, I don't even get out of my car. This horse puts his head over the stall and whinnies at me. So smart. And you know why, Scott? He wanted a friend. He That's didn't funny. want to be terrified. Right. He didn't want to be like halfway up to the roof of the barn. He wanted a friend. And so he trusts me. He trusts the dually. And he, he doesn't trust the horseshoer. I don't think the horseshoer could walk in and do him alone. No, it takes that whole sort of team and system. Right. So that's probably one of my most favorite Rose Parade stories because that horse has been in the Rose Parade ever since. He's How fine in the parade. That? You just can't put shoes on him to go in the parade. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Isn't that something? It, it just shows you how parade. smart and how sensitive these horses are. 
he's a bomb-proof parade horse, but yeah. And now show. he's he now you're per he's perfect. Isn't that something? Isn't that that's, that, that's just a great story, and I love the fact it was just a great resolution to it. That's Thank just you. so cool. So, how do people get there? So, so for someone like me, has never been to the Rose Parade, but I'm going to change that. I'm going to go. But so, if you're taking horses, like I know there's riders from Hawaii, there's riders from across the country, and maybe you know other countries. How do they get their horses there? They they fly them well, over. They, we have. I just was noting who was coming in this year. We have Texas, Missouri, Hawaii. We often get horses from North Carolina. Illinois, Michigan, they're different groups and, and not counting Hawaii, but if they're on the continental US, they usually put them in big trucks and bring them all the way across the United States. Can you imagine what a trip that is if you've got like 20 horses in a group? How many trucks have to go? Right. And, and the logistics of moving 20 horses across the country and you know, safe, sound, um, able to do their drill team formations. They go. They have a performance uh, day called Equest Fest. So all the horses come in and they do all the things that they do. It could be drill teams. It could be I don't know what they do. They do different things. Right. So uh, the the riders from Hawaii come over and then they they lease horses. They rent horses that are parade proof. They're parade broke. And they rent them locally in Burbank, and okay. the, the riders ride a local horse. They do not bring horses from Hawaii. <laughs> right. I was going to say that's tough. Yeah, that's awesome though. That that's neat, and just the logistics to get to the parade. Oh. But it, it, it's amazing because you have the overnight stops. You got to exercise your horses, and it's a job. Well, the nice thing is um, they go to the LA Equestrian Center in Burbank, which can house you know like a thousand horses, and they have a special area near and under uh, an over uh, covered over arena and they have barns air stabling and they can put all their trucks there and and they can go there like a week or two ahead get the horse acclimatized exercise him um you know get the horses uh with new shoes if they need them i, I provide well we'll get to that in a while yeah so but they're there they're there and they're in, in good hands yeah, they, they look so beautiful. A trip across country like that is so tough, but it just shows you how well they're managed and taken care of. That's right. You know, that, that, that's great. So since you wrote the book for, for the Rose Parade on everything you do, so how do you coordinate this? Because, you know, I've shown horses all my life and I know going into a place and leaving a place and showing, it, it's a um, just as tough, you know, the logistics of that many riders and horses and trailers and trucks coming in going out, staying for they, weeks. They, they have a marshal for every group. There's one person who's sort of the leader of the group, who's sort of the point man or the point uh -huh. woman. And mm -hmm. so the grand, that marshal, not the grand marshal, the marshal of that group goes to all the meetings, gets the binders of all the specifications of whatever, everything is needed. You know, where do they line up? Where do they go? When do they saddle up? How does the parade end? All of that is all written out for them. There's 935 volunteers that run the Rose Parade. How amazing. How amazing. And there are chairs and vice chairs and captains and people in white suits. I mean, it's unbelievable. And it starts exactly at 8 a.m. on the dot and ends exactly at 10 a.m. on the dot. Just to be a part of that has to be an amazing experience. It is an amazing Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for listening to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Scott will be right back with Ada Gates Patton. For more information on Scott Knudsen, the Cowboy Entrepreneur, visit us online at cowboyentrepreneur.com. Hi, I'm Scott Knudsen, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, heard on KCAA Wednesday, 6 p.m. Pacific. I'd like to talk to you about something I'm very passionate about. Those that know me know I love my coffee. In the morning, afternoon, and even late in the evening, I enjoy a good cup of coffee almost any time of the day. Now, my team at the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show has been working for several months on creating and introducing our own brand of coffee. We wanted to make sure that we got it just right. We don't want to put our name on anything unless we're 100% certain that it's the best product available, and we've finally done it. 
We have created a wonderful line of coffees, 13 fantastic flavors offered in whole bean, ground, and K-cups. Any way you like to brew your coffee. Now, each of our coffees carries our brand, the very same brand that we put on our horses, our trailers, and our chaps. So you know that this is a quality product. And we only use 100% Arabica beans, the very best beans available. Just listen to some of these wonderful blends and flavors. Jamaican Me Crazy, Honduran San Marcos, Chocolate Cherry Amaretto, Breakfast Blend, and my very favorite, Haley's Blend. A coffee so good, we named it after my daughter. You can order these coffees today by going online to cowboyentrepreneur.shop. That's cowboyentrepreneur.shop. And if you order today, you can get an extra 10% off your final purchase just by entering the promo code cowboy on checkout remember that's promo code cowboy for an extra 10 percent off just go to cowboyentrepreneur.shop to order your coffee today so so when they're doing the parade route is there in anything in particular that affects the horse a certain way because you know watching it you know there's there's long straight paths with lots of people on the side then there's curves you know or is it the, the the parade starts going up Orange Grove Boulevard, which is a straight road north, okay. and then it gets to the corner of Orange Grove and Colorado Boulevard and makes this huge big turn. Right. And on that turn are all the television cameras and the huge big cranes with the cameras way up high. And they make that turn and they go right down a hill. Now, horses are blended into the bands, you know, that come and do the marching and the music and the floats. The floats are notorious for spewing out hydraulic fluid. So you spew out hydraulic fluid on a concrete street. Not good. Not good. (laughs) Not good. (laughs) I mean, if you think you need traction devices for concrete, you better have be doubled up for the the fluid. So um, there it is. You start out the parade, and the first thing you do is turn a corner and go down a hill. <laughs> corner hill. And we've had some wrecks. We've had some wrecks. <laughs> oh my goodness! And all the cameras are just right there. It just hits off oh, yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. But you know that's something people don't see, but you get to see. And that's why I'm so glad you're on the show. It's talking about the floats leaving the hydraulic fluid. You got to have the horses just right as they're making the corner, and there's people there. Yeah. There's so much. One year. There was a man who was not too familiar with being in a parade or riding a horse. I don't know. I don't know anything about the man. But they didn't saddle him up very well, and they didn't tighten his girth very well. And he was holding a big flag on a big pole, you know. So he comes around the corner, and the saddle starts to slip. And he's right there going down the hill. The saddle starts to slip, and he goes with the saddle, and he pulls the horse and pulls the horse down. The horse goes flat out on the concrete in front of five gajillion million people. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, the guy just pulled the horse over. Uh, he did. But the saddle was like sideways. Anyway, so that was uh, bad. And then one year, we had uh, mules. We had one of like 20 mule team borax things. Well, don't mess with a mule. Right, Absolutely. Do not mess with the mule. Something happened. And I think the mules, either closest to this wagon, I mean, the wagon's huge and there's 20 of them. Something broke, like uh, uh, the breaching, you know, it goes behind oh, their no. hindquarters. Yes. As you go down a hill, it pushes against their hindquarters and they stop the wagon right. behind it. Well, guess what? It broke. And this wagon started to pile over the top of 20 mules. And these 20 mules bolted, bolted down the street and headed right for the audience. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. I, I don't remember. I, I think I saw it, but I don't remember what happened. But somebody leaped out and, you know, pulled them away from the audience. Oh, my goodness. But you cannot stop a mule. He's not going to stop if he's got a wagon going over the top of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I would either. I don't know why I'm laughing so hard because it's a terrible thing. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, when you're watching the parade, you don't know everything you're watching. You know, you're watching these beautiful floats and these beautiful horses. Everything looks beautiful and perfect. But there's so much backstory 
Yeah. It's amazing. And that's well, what's so. A lot of people don't realize, you know, how do they get to the parade? How mm -hmm. does this all happen? Well, the parade starts at 8 a.m. Well, right. let's re-rack the tape. All the horses come in in their great big trucks. The Clydesdales have enormous trucks, but other, all the riders come in, they're either two horse trailers or they're eight horse, 10 horse vans. They come in at midnight. At midnight on January 1st of the, of the new year. And they line up under a freeway overpass and they line up for like a half a mile. There must be millions of dollars of rolling stock lined up on a freeway underpass, getting ready for the Rose Parade. So they go in there at midnight, gotta make sure they're in place. Sure. You know? Sure. They have to sleep in their trucks, fully clothed in their costumes. Now, there's, you know, porta potties, but that's it. There's no bathrooms or, you know, can't gotta fix my hair, you know, no. So the horses are in the trucks, the riders and all their uh, entourage are with them. And it's like a little city. They have bonfires and barbecues and they get up at four o'clock in the morning and they make breakfast. And it's like, you know, ult the ultimate camp out. <laughs> That's awesome. So they start getting the horses out. They put, all the fresh flowers have to go in their tails and manes. Fresh flowers only on the floats and on the horses. No artificial flyer, uh, flowers ever anywhere in the Rose Parade. So these all have to be woven into their manes, woven into their trail. It's cold. It, at four o'clock in the morning, you don't realize it's cold in it's California cold. on January 1st. And so they're bundled up and um, there are the horses and, and they're all getting prepared, saddled up with the flowers and the whole thing. And then I show up. I show up. It's five o'clock in the morning. I'm the horseshoe inspector. I'm gonna check every group. Are you properly shod? Can, are you in compliance? Can you go in this parade? So I start with a flashlight and a clipboard and they're terrified when they see me coming. Sure terrified. Yeah. Oh my God, am I gonna pass? Can I pass? <laughs> <laughs> Now they've had a lot of preparation and I've been in the stabling area, you know, days before and I've checked all the horses, but a lot of horses come in that have not been at the LA Equestrian Center. They've just come in straight from wherever they live. So I go up through those horses and I don't, I can't check 200 horses, but I spot check different horses in each group and they don't know which horse I'm gonna check. Gotcha. And so I spot check the horse and I've got my list and I say, okay, um, you know, this is the Scripps Miramar, whatever, painted saddlebreds. Of course, they're always perfect, perfect. I never worry about them. But other groups that are not new that might not know right. or might be unsure. And, and I go through and if somebody has knowingly, willfully, purposefully not put on traction devices, not good. Not good. Not in compliance. And it's four o'clock in the morning, too late. Can't, there's no horseshoe in the pit. There's no repairs. It's done. You're ready or you're not ready. Right. So people say, well, have you kicked them out of the parade? Oh, no, no, not my job. Mm -mm 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 -mm, not my job. So I just write down the name of the horse, the rider, the group, and I go back to the equestrian chair, the big kahuna, the jefe. You're right. And I say, Madam or sir. Blah, blah, blah is not in compliance. That's all I say. They decide whether they're going to let the horse go or not. Right. If the horse goes, you know, maybe don't want to, I don't, I, I don't make those decisions. I can almost guarantee you they will never be invited back again. Mm -hmm. So don't mess with not doing what you're supposed to do. Right, right. Well, you have such a great opportunity and most famous parade there is. Yeah. Just follow the rules, you know, and, yeah. and, and there are a lot of rules and, and, and ask questions, questions, you know, ask questions. That's the best way. Well, no, and, and they get lots of information. Everybody is trained. I mean, there's nothing that's not discussed. It's right. not like, oh, well, you'll figure it out. No, 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 no. It's all written out. It's in black and white. And there's a lot of rules and 
when you make your application, you put in photographs of you, the rider, the horse, all the details of the rider and the horse, date of birth, driver's license, age, the whole thing, and, and the horse, the same thing, breed, how old is the horse, what is its health, uh, health certificate, all of that stuff. And once that group has been accepted, no changes. That rider must be on that horse or, well, you just can't change. Right. The only thing that's allowed is if you drop out. I, as an individual, have decided to drop out of the parade. I'm not going to the parade. No replacements. No, 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 no. It's that guy and that horse. That's it. That lady, that horse, that's it. No changes. It, so it has it, to be that organized, though, doesn't it? It I has mean, to be like that. Yeah. And people respect that. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So I'll tell you a funny story. So, um, Good. Well, yeah. So I've been in a parade one time. And, 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 one time, and, one time, and I, I, I was six or seven years old and I got best dressed oh. cowboy. And, and I think it was because my grandpa was in the sheriff's pot, Williamson County Sheriff's Posse. Yes. And they, they're in the parade and, and they do such good work, you know, and I'm a six year old boy riding a Shetland and, or a small quarter. Love it. I, I don't remember. I love but, it. Uh, and I don't know if they gave me the award because I was so small or probably because of my grandpa. But that was my memory. I still had that purple ribbon. And, uh, oh, but I loved it. And, and we go to the parades and support parades. And, and uh, there was a parade in, in the town we live in um, the other day. And there was horses in it. So um, that's why I was excited to have you on is just to talk about this is on such a big scale. Um, it's a worldwide event. And, and, you know, and yes, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's okay. um, I think, I think you or somebody asked me who was the youngest person ever in the yes, parade. Yes, yes, yes. That's there. Shirley was Temple. Come Shirley on. Shirley Temple was Grand Marshal three times. She was in the 50th parade in 1939. A Grand Marshal rides in a car. So she wasn't okay. on a horse okay. that I know of. So she was in the 50th parade in 1939. How old was she in 1939? She's a little pipsqueak. <laughs> she, was, <laughs> she was in the 100th parade in 1989. And her last appearance was at the end of this last century in 1999. How amazing. Isn't that amazing? It, it really is. It and the really other person I loved is Monty Montana. You know, he always wore, uh, rode a paint horse right. and he had all those beautiful costumes and the big white hat. Right. And he went to the inauguration of Dwight D. Eisenhower and he lassoed Eisenhower on the inauguration stand. Everybody was laughing and I'm sure the Secret Service were like having a fit. <laughs> <laughs> I would think they would be. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, so Monty so Montana... Yeah, he's he's been a celebrity in the parade for many years. Yeah, but isn't it so cool to be like with that? Because there's so many cultures and you know, celebrity actors, celebrity horses, celebrity riders. Everybody comes together, right? And and for all the people that aren't able to be in that group, they get to and watch it's not, it. Feel it's it all about the horse. The parade Absolutely. started in 1890 when horses drawing carriages carried the members of the Valley Hunt Club and they put flowers all over the carriages and flowers all over the horses. And that was the beginning of the Rose Parade in 1890. Is that my correct date? I'm oh sure my goodness. Started out as a horse event with carriages. So the horse has always held a very uh, sacred place in the Rose Parade. So if you think about it, it started with the horse. Okay, that's yes. how important. Now the whole world sees it. It's the most popular parade in the world. Yes. And you're the horseshoe inspector for it. Is that not the coolest trip from the actors? Well, I get to, to meet I get to meet wonderful people. Yeah. I mean, the scripts Miramar painted saddlebreds. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Michelle McFarland owns them and they're down in San Diego and they're like 5,000 million feet high. They're huge, huge horses, very gentle and they're high stepping. They're very, 
sprightly, you know, very energetic horses and their costumes and the saddles and their, uh, how they're turned out is extraordinary. I, I think the script Miramar, I don't want to make anybody feel unhappy, but they're consistently in the parade and they're consistently glorious. Oh, but there's a lot of other groups that I love and they've been in the parade for long times and then and then they switch out and they put new people in and, you know, it's kind of a revolving, rotating um, uh, state of being. Very cool. Very cool. So um, so uh, what's what's so let's so we're getting close to the end of the show, which I, I don't like. I could do this for another hour. But so <laughs> so um, so putting together this your program for this, the horses and the, the whole program itself. Do you put in future programs like next year, we're going to change this and the following year are going to change this, or is it pretty consistent now? Is it? Oh, I've made a lot of changes. So it, it I used to have a very long specification list. You can do uh -huh. this, 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 and this didn't work. People took advantage and they went over the top. They said, well, if I can do this, why can't I do that? I said, no, because you can't do that in the Rose Parade. Right. Well, I want to wear red boots. No, 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 no red boots and no advertising. You cannot have the name of your company on the side of the boots. No, there's no advertising. In oh, the my Rose goodness. Parade. oh, my so goodness. So there's all kinds of situations that have come up over the years. And you know what? I was I was not nice. I just said, well, that's fine. We're taking it out. You can wear horseshoes with studs or you can go barefoot. Take it or leave it. Right. That's right. it. Right. Know this, know that. No, you know, I've made it. They got two choices. <laughs> well, I, I think it's so important, though, when you have that many people, that many horses and that many um, different thought patterns about how to be in a parade, you have to be consistent. Yeah. So do you think that, so once again, entrepreneur question. So do you think that's from being an entrepreneur for so long, you're running a business, even though you're, it's, it's a one day event, you're changing as the times change and with the problems? Yeah, I, I, I did respond to changing conditions without right. question. I yeah. mean, for years, things were the same. And, and then there was a, sort of a flurry of upset. And I said, well, that's easy. We just take away the choice. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And yeah. you know, I was a little uptight about it. And I went to the, um, well, he was the then president. He had, mm -hmm. you know, people move up through the ranks until they become president. But he had been my equestrian chair for several years, you know, like earlier. And I uh, emailed him and I said, I, I, I would like to do something. And I don't know if that's going to be okay with the Rose Parade. And they said, and he said, the president of the Rose Parade said, Ada, whatever you say goes. I love it. No conversation. That's 100% You're in me. charge. Whatever you say goes. Problem, they can call me. It's wonderful. Isn't that great? Well, it, it's a testament to you for sure. And, and well, I love, I love that man. You know, I loved yeah. him as president. I loved him as my chair. I, I like all my... All the equestrian chairs are great. They have That's a wonderful. huge, huge job. A, a incredible job. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to be in the parade, they have to trust you all 100% because you're going to set them up for success. But more importantly than that, you're going to protect their horse. I also want to be something they don't have to think about. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. If there's a problem, I take care of it. See, they don't have time to take care of problems. They have enough problems to take right. care of. Right. They got to be under the bridge at midnight. Well, I, the, yeah. <laughs> With their trailers in line. All the other things that go on, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. They have to be there on time and in a row and set up and doing that. That's a great thing. Well, what else What else are we missing? Can you give me one more thing for somebody that um, that is just watching the parade and turns it on? and watches it with the family. What is one more backstory? I think that people don't understand what it costs in time, labor, money, emotion, anxiety, effort, driving, logistics, 
people just think, oh, they just showed up and they're walking down the sidewalk. I mean, walking down the cement, the, 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 the street. Right. It's huge, 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 huge. Horses can get sick during the parade. They get too hot, they colic, they get sick. We have six veterinarians, top, top, top veterinarians that are posted all along the parade. They are down in the pit with me. When I'm checking horses, I've got all those veterinarians there. If I spot a problem before the parade even starts, I go to the vet. I say, Dr. Wheat, I'd like to show this horse to you. I think there could be an issue here. Mm -hmm. And we are always in sync. He never fights and says, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, they know better and, than that. I mean, they I know mean, you, you know, and, and a diplomatic solution is created and, and, and things are done. But I really count on the veterinarians. So I think that the person watching the parade, um, all those logistics of just physically getting there. And, right. you know, they're giving up weeks and weeks and weeks of their lives because they have to prepare Right. You know, right. they have to practice and train and travel across the country. And it's a big deal. To be, it isn't just, oh, I'm going to go in the, you know, Fourth of July parade, parade in my little town. No, it's not that. <laughs> right. It's a big job. It's, not it's, that. it's a big job. And I, I think when the camera's on that horse or that group of horses for that 10 seconds around the world, and somebody sit back and think of all the time and effort that went into it. it they just appreciate it more. And, and, and you don't know until you know. And, and you also have to know, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Scott. No, you no. have to understand that horse is perfectly trained to go in a parade. The distractions, the noise, the screaming, the people throwing things. There are so many things that could frighten a horse and make them blow up, rear up, spin around and bolt. And they don't do that. They're trained to go in a parade. They are top, top professional horses. Absolutely. And that alone takes years of training. Years of training and conditioning, yeah. you know, for sure. Absolutely. Well, it, it was such a pleasure to have you on the Cowboy Afternoon Show. I appreciate you so much. And thank you for sharing some experiences with us. And I know when everybody watches the parade, they're going to be thinking about you. Thank you, Scott. I love being with you. I love all the questions you ask. And and it's very exciting for us to be together and talk about the things that we love. Uh, absolutely. Hopefully next time we'll be in person. I'm just going to come out. To we California. better be. Yes. I miss absolutely. you. <laughs> yeah, I miss you too. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. We'll talk soon. Okay, sweetheart. Thank you. Thank Bye, Scott. You. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you to all the great sponsors of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. If you or your business is interested in being a sponsor of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, please call our office at 830-992-1786 or visit our website, cowboyentrepreneur.com. I didn't want to go to work in office. I want to work in a hotel. So I walked through, walked through the restaurant, through the, through the pastry shop, stole a couple of sweet rolls, etc. That was my routine. And I parked in front of the hotel. I had my spot in front of the hotel. And the last day, my wife picked me up and children. We got the last files. We said goodbye. And in the elevator, I said, ah, I didn't cry. And as I walked out, all the employees from downtown the hotel in here were lining my way from the elevator and the office building all the way to my car. And there I see people that started as dishwashers who went now department heads. I see people that were successful who were crying and I was crying. And, uh, and I saw, for example, I saw E.B. who came in as a refugee from Nairobi working as a dishwasher. And he's now, by the way, manager in a Marriott over here in the neighborhood was long-time hotel manager in the Ritz-Carlton downtown. He became in as a dishwasher, and it was, I saw him in orientation. I gave the orientation. But soon later, I walked by the dishwashing area, and I've forgotten who that was. And there was this one kid who said very friendly, hello, good morning, sir, how are you today? 
And remember, notice that he is very clean. He's a very dirty chap, believe me, steam and dirty. But he looked very, very clean. So I didn't give it much other thought, but a couple of days later, as I walked by again, again, Sir, good morning, how are you today? And I look, is this refugee? KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. Mm-hmm.